So the purpose of our meeting this morning is to uh, to give you an update. The elders want to give you an update on our our church goal for this year and how we're doing on that uh, to to touch base on things. So uh, let me pray for us first as we get started, and then I will begin updating you. Father, thanks for this time. Lord, we are delighted by your work of grace in our lives and in our community. Please help us to honor you, to be more effective at what you've called us to do. Help us to be uh, unified and of one purpose in our hearts, uh, to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ as King of heaven and earth. And please bless our time now that uh, we would um, honor you and understand what you are doing and how we can be a part of it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to start out by reminding you of what our goal is that we set for this year. Uh, but before I start there, I want to pre-start by uh, talking about why should we even bother having an annual goal, doing something like this. And, you know, I think that's a really great question. Maybe we can ask Tom Holman more about that, because he uh, wanted me to talk about that. He has things in my <laughs> Why do we have an annual goal? The reason why the elders decided to do this, this is our first time setting a goal for the church, uh, was just because that as um, the more we grow as a church, the more relationships we have going on, the more ministries going on, the easier it is to, to start to lose track of what's happening, why it's happening. And the more bumps we face as uh, just we, we are confronted with our weaknesses and just things we hadn't anticipated. And so having a goal helps us to just zero in on, on something that we know needs special attention for a season to help us keep moving forward to be able to care for the church and care for God's people. So we wanted to have, have a goal to, to give us that kind of focus so we knew, okay, here's what we're going to tackle this year. We can't do everything. We're not uh, omnipotent. We can't fix everything, but, but let's, let's take the, the biggest thing, uh, the most important things that we can, and, and give that some real attention so that we can try to honor the Lord as we move forward. So that's why we have this goal. To remind you of the goal and what it is, our goal for 2018 is to align our pastoral care for the members of the church. You may remember that that what we want to do here is is because we have have been growing the last few years and we we came into a brand new church building and we've got a real sign out on the street that's just there all week and and this is sort of a real thing. As we grow, we've got more stuff going on, and we still don't have any full-time uh, employees of the church uh, to help organize things and keep it together. We, the elders realize that, that things are starting to go in not in a completely different direction, but, but that communication hasn't always been centralized, and people have been confused. Who do I talk to for this, and how does this piece fit with that? And so we just wanted to pull things together. That's what we mean by align our pastoral care for the members of the church. Um, and so we, we have this written on the member's website. For the body at Grace Fellowship Church to function most effectively, each member and ministry team must have an accurate understanding of their role 
as well as the roles of other members and ministry teams that intersect with them. This must begin by increasing coordination among the leadership, which will result in increased alignment and care for every member, ministry team, and visitor. And our hope is that we can get to the point where where no member falls through the cracks when they need care, and no visitor falls through the cracks as far as welcoming them and drawing them in and, and, and inviting them and, and helping them to feel loved and cared for. And no ministry of the church falls through the cracks, wondering what they should be doing or how they fit with the other ministries of the church. So I'm going to review uh, progress that we've made on three of our methods. We spelled out five methods uh, for how we're going to address uh, this alignment in the church. I'll talk about three of them, and then Tom's going to come up to talk about one, and then Bill will end the meeting by talking about uh, the last one. So first, I want to talk about our, our first key method, which was to develop an executive pastor. And so for uh, even though we don't have any full-time employees of the church, uh, we, we needed someone in a position who would be the go-to person for anything and everything. Such that if, if, if anybody had a question about anything, we weren't sure how it fit together, at least you would always know you can talk to this executive pastor, and if he isn't the one who can fix it, he will at least know who you should talk to, to keep pulling things together. And so our finish line was uh, that we would have uh, an, the, the role of executive pastor defined and filled. And so we defined... Um, three aspects of the job description of the executive pastor, which is that uh, what we want this person to do is that the executive pastor will lead, basically he'll serve as, as a, a lead elder, uh, um, leading the meetings, taking point on initiatives and, and goals that we have, and then delegating responsibility as, as the Lord provides. So he will lead. He will communicate and serve as that hub of communication so people always know who to go to, and he'll make sure that the right people are finding out the right things at the right times. And then third, he will administrate. So he'll just make sure that stuff's happening the way it's supposed to happen, to lead, communicate, and administrate. And so once we had that figured out and defined, um, it was, was pretty clear for us wh whom the Lord had, had entrusted us with uh, who, whom the Lord had already given to us as a gift to our church who would, would suit that role very well. And so many of you know already that we've appointed Tom Hallman uh, to that position as our first, our inaugural executive pastor. And uh, I just, I couldn't be more thrilled uh, to, to, to have Tom in this role. Uh, it's funny, it, it's, it's changed things a bit because a lot of you probably don't see this, but but Tom has really been cracking the whip for the elders in a way that, that we haven't had in a long time, uh, and uh, in a way that we've needed to make sure, again, that stuff doesn't fall through the cracks, and that we know, okay, what's, what's our deadline, and here's the meeting coming up, and here's what I want you all to have prepared for this meeting. I mean, he's given us homework. We can't just sort of slink our way into meetings and sort of just go off the cuff to figure out what we're doing as we go. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for you, Tom, and, and I praise God for, for raising you up. And I was, was hoping we could actually spend a minute here to just give thanks to the Lord for helping us to accomplish this goal and granting us Tom to, to fill this role. So let's pray, 
for about two minutes. If anybody wants to pray, please feel free to pray out loud and give thanks. Father, thank you for the work that the elders have done for GFC, and thank you for um, Tom being willing to step into the role of executive pastor. And I pray that as uh, we move forward, that you would continue to work in people's hearts and lives here at GFC. And Father, we uh, thank you for uniquely calling Tom to this role. Father, we pray that you'll give him the ability to remember the myriad of details, and you'll give them the real wisdom and priorities to the various things that we're doing. Father, we pray that you'll give him insight and coordinate uh, the people and all the things together, and that your name must be glorified. Father, I thank you for what this man has meant to my own family personally and how he has always gone above and beyond serving in your name and not being afraid to get into the messy parts of life because when we get involved in people's lives, things get messy and he's never back down from those challenges, Lord. And I thank you that he will not only lead with his head, but he will lead with his heart in his experience, Lord, in working with people, and thank you just that he is just so uniquely qualified, just thank you for the gift that he is to our church family, Lord, and we pray that you would continue to gift him in this role, continue to strengthen him, and uh, let things be balanced in such a way that it is a blessing in his life and in the life of his family, and, and that it's not overwhelming but that it's always in a positive light, Lord. Help us to be sensitive and know when he needs prayer and when he needs help, Lord, that we would all have willing hands to do what we can when we can. Our Lord Jesus, we are so grateful to you that when you ascended on high, you gave gifts to men. And some of those gifts that you gave were apostles and prophets, some were evangelists and pastors and teachers. And we thank you for giving us the gift of Tom Holman to serve in this role for us uh, as a leader, as a brother, as a mentor, as a father figure, as a caregiver for the church. I pray that you would equip him for this role and enable him to thrive in it. And we are so grateful to you, Lord, for answering our prayers uh, to, to meet this need. We praise you. And we are so grateful. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let me move on to the, the second key method I want to talk about. That was a part of our goal, is to establish the office of deacon. And so we realized that we needed a, a, a new uh, level of leadership, particularly focused on helping us to care for the members of the church. And this fits with aligning our pastoral care to help make sure that no one falls through the cracks. And where we are on that is that the elders have worked up a proposal for the office of deacon, what the office looks like, what it entails, why we need deacons, what are the qualifications of deacons, how will we install new deacons and, and select them, how, how will they serve, what will that look like. We've mapped all of that out. Uh, we've come to agreement among the elders on this proposal, and um, uh, we've got a lot of that nailed down. We've, in, in the last 
Last month or so, we've been seeking counsel from some of the key people in the church who are already serving in leadership roles with respect to member care uh, to get their feedback on this plan and this proposal. And uh, Lord willing, next week at our elder meeting, our, our next meeting, we'll be talking about how now do we roll out this this plan? How do we introduce it to the rest of the church? How do we put it out there for the rest of you uh, to get feedback and to just figure out the next steps? Uh, and so our goal, and we're, we're on track for this. Our goal is still by the end of the year to um, uh, to to have this this plan. And I'm looking at where my finish line is. Yeah, the finish line on this is that the office of deacon is defined and initial members are selected. So I think we're in good good track to uh, to have that done by the end of the year, and we're really eager um, to to see that happen. So you can you can expect to hear more soon about that uh, as we we talk about what what this office what the diaconate will look like for our church. And then finally, the third one I want to talk about this morning is is one of our our goals. One of our key methods is to improve church communications where our finish line on this is that the members and public websites, along with our email and social media communications, accurately reflect our church's culture and our pastoral care. So we just want to make sure that our, our communication is lined up and we know what the different channels are for and they're all uh, up, up to date. So this church communication has to do with, with two components, both with how the leaders of the church communicate to the members but also how the members communicate with one another, how we just build our body and care for one another. So it's really important to us to do this well. And some of the ways we accomplish this are through our websites. We have a public website, you know, and a member's website. We're really grateful that about a year ago, John Walker did a tremendous job overhauling our public website for us, bringing that up to modern standards and having it be organized, uh, have it consistently up to date and working well to help attract new people uh, with our church vision and with access to our teaching and keeping people current with announcements. And whenever I get to meet some of the visitors who come to our church, I always try to ask them, how did you hear about us? Uh, because I just want to know and try to collect some data about what's happening. And, you know, one of the biggest things is not going to be a surprise to anybody is, is that visitors know people in the church and they've been invited. But the second thing I tend to, I found anecdotally that I just hear most commonly after that is, well, I found your website. I saw your website and it looked great and I wanted to come check out the church. And so we're really grateful for that, that tool. I mean, that's, that's the main face we have to the world. That's our image to the world in, to, in today's generation. Another important aspect of our communication is through the members website. And since it's less public, it can and has, uh, over time become outdated. And this can cause confusion in terms of policies or objectives for various ministries, or even understanding the, the reasons why we do the things we do. So Dan Miller has already been hard at work this year so far for us to ensure that the member's website accurately reflects what's going on in the church. And so far, he's already made significant progress on the pages about the ministries of the church. If you want to check out the adult ministry page on the member's website, it's been updated um, and just is more clear about what we're doing and why we're doing it. 
And uh, that page also has links to some documents, which include suggestions uh, on examples of church ministries and neighboring ministries that you can be a part of. And this is what we want it to be, is, is a hub for you to know, well, what's going on in the church and how can I connect in to be a part of it? So we hope that encourages you and helps you. And now that uh, one milestone has been accomplished there with getting that updated, some other uh, tasks, well, the next tasks moving on on this goal to improve our communication are that we would like to have clearer goals and objectives for other church ministries. We've got adult ministry largely up to date, still a little bit of work there, but we, we really want to hit children's ministry, growth groups, things like that. And beyond that, we want to update the church directory, make refinements to our Facebook page, our social media efforts, and uh, get clarity on our regular, on emails, and be sending regular church emails to help folks stay informed. We'd really like to hear from you. So if there are ways that the elders can more clearly communicate what's going on in the church, if you ever feel out of the loop, or you're not sure what something meant or how it fits, please feel free to talk to one, one of us. If you're not sure who to talk to, you can always talk to Tom. That's just the universal question. If you ever don't know what to do, talk to Tom and he can get you in the right place. Um, but, but we really do care about your experience and how we can make it easier uh, for you to stay connected with one another as the church. And I just want to conclude uh, this, this report by saying that, that on this goal of, of church communication, I do want to clarify that our aim will never be to rely on just our website, our email, or other systems to grow our church spiritually. But instead, we purposefully will always rely on what we have, what we have written, what we've said in our fellowship principle, in our church principles of grace, fellowship church. In the fellowship principle, we've said that we are a tight-knit fellowship committed to serving God together. Websites and electronic communication help us to do that better, but no website or electronic communication will ever do that for us. We hope to make them as useful as we can, but we want to do what we can to spur on this tight-knit fellowship of serving God together. Now Tom's going to come up to talk about the next method. So the, uh, the, the next method that we're going to talk about, uh, key method number three, is to improve coordination and the quality of Sunday services. And uh, technically, this is a uh, the method that Reese John is taking point on, but he's away this week, and so I guess that's what executive pastors are for. Uh, so I'm going to try to cover what he told me to cover here. When the elders originally set our goal of aligning our pastoral care for the members of the church, we recognized that Grace Fellowship Church is much more than Sunday mornings. But... We are certainly not less than Sunday mornings, and a lot of our effort goes into what takes place on Sunday mornings. And so we want to see our Sunday worship services uh, improved at offering undistracted focus on Jesus Christ. And we want our Sunday services to be something that our members are excited to invite visitors to, and that our visitors feel really welcome and care for when they come. And I think we do okay at that, uh, but we weren't really sure. Uh, we, that was just kind of how the elders felt, and maybe it was a way of just patting ourselves on the back. We're probably doing fine, right? So back in April, Reese sent out a church-wide email uh, that contained a survey, and many of you took the time to fill out this survey and offered very helpful feedback, for which we are very 
grateful. And the elders have been studying and discussing the results, both the qualitative feedback that you offered and the quantitative feedback that you offered. And we are already making multiple improvements to Sunday morning as a result. Uh, before, before I mention what some of those particular ones are, let me first highlight some key figures based on the feedback that you guys offered us. So first, the big number, uh, the number that when we took all of the feedback across all of the questions, all of the categories, and summed it all up and did all the math that you're supposed to do when you do such things, we, uh, we found that you guys as a whole rated the church on Sunday morning as a 4.2 out of 5, which is basically like scoring an 84% on an exam. And frankly, I'm thrilled. I thought that was fantastic. That means that you guys really love this church, and I think for good reason, but it also means you're excited for us to improve. And, uh, you know, and honestly, I think if we had scored in like the 70s, I would have been a little disappointed. I'd be like, I thought we were doing better than that. Okay. And if we had scored like, you know, 95% or something, I'm like, we are not training our church in discernment very well. We need to hammer on that one a little more. Uh, and so we do want to see things be as excellent as possible so that we can all focus on Christ and, uh, and that we'd all be delighted to bring visitors to learn of Christ. So we want to see that 4.2 out of 5 increase, and that's our goal for the rest of the year. Using your feedback, we are going to try to raise that number. Now, let me offer a few highlights uh, as we broke down this data to tell you what we found. The highest scores across all the categories, the highest scores went to our children's ministry with a 4.5 out of 5, or a 90%, the only A that we got on this exam. And ironically, a number of those servants responsible for that number aren't here right now because they're serving our children, so the rest of us could be here. But for all of you who do serve with our kids, uh, to any extent, or for those of you uh, listening to this online later, I want to say thank you very, very much. Very, very well done, good and faithful servants. And could I, could I just have us give a round of applause right now? They are the best part of our church. Thank you, servants, for that. And the next highest scores will probably not surprise you guys. Uh, they went to preaching, to the fellowship time, and to, into the announcements at, at 4.3 each. And given how much we value God's word preached faithfully and how servant-hearted our members are who serve in the fellowship time and give the announcements week after week, I'm not at all surprised. So keep up the excellent work in those areas. You guys are already loving it. So what were our lowest scores? Let's be honest here. Okay, so uh, two of them. Small groups came in at 3.9 out of 5. That's a 78%. That's not surprising, though. What that tells us, I think, is that many of you love the small group time. But it has been years. I, I was trying to figure out even how long it's been, and it's been years since anyone in the church, any elder or any, any other member has purposefully offered leadership and guidance in the areas of small groups. It just hasn't happened. So any of you who during small groups have said, hey, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just lead that. Let me just lead the discussion. You were doing that because no one else was doing it and because no one was telling you what to do. 
And so uh, thank you for stepping in and doing that. But I'm not surprised that we are seeing the wear and tear on an area that, that is loved in our church, but that has received almost no guidance. So don't worry. Help is on the way. We look forward to improving that area. And now, our lowest scores of all will surely not surprise you. And that is our facilities, this building. Our facilities came in at a 3.1 out of 5, or a 62%. Boo, that's a failing grade right there. But, but I'm, not, I'm not discouraged by this, and, and, and I'm not surprised by this. And even in your feedback, many of you explicitly noted the fact we've had this building for a year and a half. And considering that, uh, that how long we've been here and what shape everything was in when we got here, that's really quite good. It's actually higher than I expected to rate. And personally, when I filled it out, I rated it lower. Uh, so a lot of you are more optimistic and thankful for this building than I am, apparently. So uh, praise God for you. Uh, but I, wa- I want to highlight that this is something that, that we have been working on, that we are seeing improvement. It's been a year and a half, but there's been a lot that's changed. I mean, it, it was a while before the hallway lights even worked. And now they work, you know, a simple thing like that. For those of you who are, like, here for the first time today, you have no idea. Uh, and, uh, and then we, we, uh, we, had, we, we just got a new kitchen over there, so much nicer. Very excited about that. And uh, a, a month or two ago, I did a baptism, and it was heated, mostly. And, like, that was a huge improvement. We've never actually done a baptism where the heat worked before. And I usually do them, and it's really cold. So uh, I was really excited about that. and. Even though it's, uh, it's, it's certainly taken a bit longer than we were hoping, the men's bathroom is almost done. Slava has been putting in so much time to make that happen. And, and I know Reese has been helping, and I believe Vadim, probably others of you have been helping with that project. And yes, we've had to walk outside, sometimes in the rain, to use the men's bathroom over there for a little bit. Praise God, we have another building. What kind of church gets two buildings when they buy one? But... Uh, we did, and, and if, if, if some of you, some of you visitors or, or the ladies here had never actually had the opportunity to check out the men's bathroom before, you are blessed. <laughs> uh, those are the, like, when they make horror films, they're like, what should it look like when, like, the aliens attack the spaceship and kill everyone? It's kind of like what that was looking like, and it's looking great in there. So go ahead and peek in there. I get, no one's using it right now, so go ahead and just check it out, and you can see the progress being made. Don't break anything. And uh, so we're, we're really excited about the progress there. And, uh, and I think those are just a few examples of the ways that our, our church building is becoming more and more of what we want it to be. It's becoming more and more useful uh, in that service. And so uh, I think we're well on track to improve our overall score, score of 84% uh, by the end of the year. We, we sure hope to. We, we've been working on both the low areas where we, our grades are not great, and we're even working on the great areas. We want to see our preaching continue to improve. The others are going to spend a whole meeting talking about that uh, very, very soon. Uh, we're going to be continuing to improve the children's ministry and the announcements and everything. We want this church to be great. And like Peter said there, our hope is never going to be in how well we do these things on a Sunday morning. It's in Jesus Christ, but he is worthy of our very best. And so we're going to keep striving for that. Thank you very much, guys. I want to have Bill come up. He's going to talk about the last of our methods. Our uh, last method for this morning is the uh, enculturating neighboring. Why is this important? 
The church is the people, right? We appreciate this building. It's nice that the rain is not coming through the roof. That's really not the church. The church is the people. And the church only sticks together as people as we have relationships. So as other people come around us, if we don't reach out in such a way that causes them to want relationships with us, then how will we ever grow? How will we ever get the gospel out? What is the point? And actually, there is no point at that point. So, just imagine what you would do. Say you're in a, a room and there are a lot of people, and what would you do if you didn't want to relate to anybody there? How do you accomplish that? Right? That's pretty good, right? It'll work every time. The way that we accomplish building the church is by taking the initiative with people. And the one area that we're really working on right now is with our neighbors. And that is because in our society, they are easily the most unreached people group. Nobody reaches out to their neighbors. And the the amazing thing about that is that if we want to do better around the world, basically what we have to do is learn how to reach out to people. It's a, it's a readily transferable skill. So that's, that's very important. Bonnie and I have lived in our neighborhood for quite a while. You would think that we've um, taken all the steps we can as far as neighboring, and it's very easy for an introvert like myself to feel that way. Actually, there's a lot of steps we could take, and I've shared some of those that we've done over the years. Recently, one of my neighbors called me, and very strange. Uh, Actually, what he wanted help, he's, he's got some physical disabilities, and he wanted help getting his dog in the car taken to the vet. Not a big opportunity, right? It really wasn't hard getting the dog in the van, in the car. I just don't know why he called me, but he did. So I was grateful, though, for that opportunity. And just doing that has has begun to open doors. In fact, as I pursued things like that with him, actually, I was inside his house for the first time. And it's been a lot of years. And there was another opportunity recently. There was a neighbor out working. It was kind of a cold day and didn't really feel like it, but I got my coat on and went over there and, hey, how you doing? And he just started talking and pretty soon just uh, shared with me how he had retired from his job. And that's what his life has been about. And at that point, it wasn't a real opportunity in terms of sharing the gospel. But just taking the initiative like that, now I have several good points to talk with him uh, the next time I see him. So just a a couple of opportunities uh, there. One of the things that we're encouraging everybody to think about is a block party. And so you may have seen these, uh, Jonathan. uh, Weibel. All right, Jonathan Weibel. 
was waving these around and encouraging me to, to at the joint service to come up and get these. I snitched a bunch of them. So I can give you a special deal on a whole set of these for your very own block party. They do not look like they came off of your printer. They look like they were done by a professional graphic artist. They look like they were printed by a professional printer. The reason for both of those is that they work. So you can fill out on here where the party is, who's being invited, who's doing the inviting, what to bring, all those kind of things. And you can go around and give them to your neighbor. And today, I have some with me. And yes, if you are among the first three, you can get a whole pack of these. So that I think the, the, the Lord is giving us a real opportunity in terms of reaching people. And uh, we need to take advantage of that. Just to close our time here, uh, really encourage you to talk to any of the elders. Give us any feedback you want. Straighten us out as to what we're missing. Uh, we're delighted to, to hear anything that, that you would like to say. And when in doubt whether you feel like the elders have really heard, you can certainly come to any of us in person. But when in doubt, email Tom. He'll take care of everything. And let me pray to close our time. Father, we are so grateful for your intervention on our behalf. And we think of uh, how many uh, ways in which we've dropped the ball, that we've not uh, taken care of things. And yet, Father, you have seen fit to grow us over the years, to give us many new opportunities. Father, I pray that you would help each of us uh, to ask what we can do to serve you and to just uh, take a shot at it. And maybe it's not the biggest, um, biggest opportunity in the world. Father, help us to take the opportunities that you give us. And we pray in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for coming.